Hey everybody, Dr. Dimer Jones here, physical therapist and fitness coach, and I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, I hope that you enjoy it. As every episode, we try to bring you high-impact content that is very valuable to your knowledge and to help push fitness, health, and wellness forward. So um, tune into the episode, let me know what you think afterwards, and if you want to check out any other content, head over to www highimpactpt.com slash podcast. Again, www.highimpactpt.com slash podcast and check out even more podcasts from there. Thank you. Enjoy the episode. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the High Impact Health Podcast with your host, Dr. Diamond Jones, physical therapist and fitness coach. And today we have an awesome, awesome PT and practice owner. I mean, uh, man, I, I, I definitely admire this guy from afar. Had one of his uh, other colleagues on here earlier in the podcast. And this guy is simply amazing, man. He's a CEO, founder of Rehab to Perform physical therapist. He's on some cool little VIP list that he has that basically means he's under 40 doing big things. And he's a Lululemon ambassador and he likes to travel the world, which I appreciate that as well. I have Dr. Josh Funk on here with the best last name on the podcast for sure. What's up everyone. I'm just happy to be here. And uh, as for nicknames go, I'm sure we could uh, come up with a laundry list of them. And I I would guess that I've heard at least uh, all, if not most of them. Right. Yeah. No, for sure. Yeah, man. So I absolutely love the last name. Uh, as a person who does not have a, a super, super fun last name, just regular Jones, I, I can appreciate someone that every time they can call you Dr. Funk, man, it's definitely, it's definitely an enjoyable moment for them. Yeah, man. My uh, actual AIM screen name and my yeah. Snapchat name for a little while was uh, Funk Doctor. So uh, <laughs> I got that nickname at a camp growing up and uh, kind of stuck. Yeah, no, no, you're like, all right, y'all, y'all keep teasing me, and then I'll actually become one. So, no, I mean. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's cool, man. For those that don't know your background, go ahead and tell us a little bit about about your background, then we'll go on from there. Yeah, I think for me, I always start with uh, just kind of upbringing. I mean, me uh, and four siblings, uh, very, very active family, very competitive family, uh, very talkative family. So, um, physical uh, activities are really, really just a big part of our culture. And when I was playing college lacrosse at Ohio State, uh, I got hurt. And fortunately, I was able to avoid surgery. So physical therapy allowed me to continue doing the things that I love and to really continue to just have physical activity as a part of my regular daily life without missing games, without missing practices. Um, you know, I, I learned a lot about what the human body could do at a very early age, despite uh, physical uh, changes to things like a labrum and rotator cuff, and eventually entered the PT world. Uh, never really saw anything that really gravitated to me in the area where I grew up with regards to how I thought PT should look. And about three years into it, I started rehab to perform at the end of 2014. And overall, we just created what I feel like is uh, something pretty special, have a lot of really, really good people at a part of our team, uh, very, very community-facing business, and we are emphasizing body competency and improving people's capacity 
as the main focus of physical therapy. Um, other than that, uh, like you mentioned, obviously some personal accolades uh, come as a, as a byproduct of some of the things you're trying to do from a community connectivity standpoint. But overall, I've just, just enjoyed shifting my role to being less of the, you know, really, really good clinician, which I was trying to do a good job of that early in my career. Not to say that that's not a focus of mine, but recognizing I have a lot more people to take a, uh, take care of at this point, uh, recognizing I have some people that do things much better than me, and just shifting my role to accommodate to uh, our team dynamic. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. As a person who's trying to to build up a practice as well as a person who's trying to uh, manage multiple people, I can definitely commend you on that. And you know, I'll tell you as many times as I can during this podcast, thank you for taking the time out in, in, in order to do it. So yeah, so let's talk about a little bit about Rehab to Perform because I absolutely love the model. I absolutely love everything that you all going over there. You mentioned Jared right before we hopped on and I mean, just the whole team out there is doing some really amazing things. What are some things that you all are implementing as far as rehab to perform? Um, and then also, too, when it comes to, um, you know, I'm a nerd on the business aspect too, as of it. Well, what are some business strategies that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that you all are implement, implementing as well in order, in order to help me out? Don't give me all your secrets, though. <laughs> I think, you know, that, man, that's a two-part question. One, I could probably talk for hours on each one. Yeah, please. <laughs> um, but I think, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I just think from a from a service deliverable standpoint, uh, we are doing a really good job of communicating what exactly our focus is. Um, doing things to uh, put competencies in front of people that we value, things that are either uh, evidence backed or things uh, that you know we can kind of sit back and say hey, this makes sense as a prerequisite of the next progression. Um, and then talking about things like capacity, uh, there's a lot of demographic-based norms. There's a lot of normative data out there. So we're trying to do a better job of uh, just seeing, seeing what all's out there and, and benchmarking people, understanding the, that if we create a situation where we have a better baseline, you know, injuries will happen, but I'm probably less likely to experience them if I have a really, really high baseline. I probably have a really, really good buffer for, for some of those injuries. Uh, and when injuries do happen, I'm probably more likely to get to a position where I'm back to the activities that I enjoy doing quicker than somebody that doesn't have that higher level baseline. So focusing on the performance, right? Human, human performance um, is, the, is the focus. And just uh, it's one thing to say that, but it's another thing to make sure that messaging is consistent, um, you know, both from their first visit, through the PT, through um, things that we're using from an email newsletter or a branding standpoint online. So uh, it's it's one of those things where sometimes we have to figure out where the, that client is at because they could have been exposed to a wide variety of different things before they came to our office. And then taking them on this, you know, this, this client experience or the, or, or, or the journey um, uh, while they're, you know, receiving a service with us. I'm trying to remember what your business question was. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah I, I, I don't remember w quite what it was. If you don't mind asking that again. 
Yeah, no, I mean, you, you, you pretty much answered it. Basically, like, 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 um, looking for things from multiple approaches. Like you said, uh, you mentioned newsletter, just branding, marketing, just kind of having one message, one voice, in order to to project that onto, and then also from a treatment side of things. Uh, I think that, you know, like, like at least from my standpoint, it looks like you all aren't doing normal, like what we consider rehab or PT or whatever the case may be. We're really pushing the envelope, and I think that's something that people appreciate. So, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I think really, you know, to, to be honest, I just think we're we're putting physical back into physical therapy, as yeah. cliche as that is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and and really giving people a much better idea of things that they are in control of, mm-hmm. communicating things like, hey, it's one thing that we are uh, potentially going to use some kind of manual therapy, or hey, maybe we're talking about pain science and we're doing. Uh, utilizing other strategies to help you feel better. But at the end of the day, you moving better and being held to some kind of objective standard Mm -hmm. is a very, very important piece of us making sure that this doesn't become something that is chronic. When we talk about previous injury still being one of the leading risk factors for injury, especially something like chronic ankle sprains or ACL injuries, I think overall, that says a lot with regards to how well the, ser- the service of physical therapy is being delivered. And I do think a large part of that does start with the messaging. Absolutely. Uh, do uh, do uh, you all see a lot of people who have had a PT in the past and, and then they kind of want, want to do something different? Or do you all have like a 50-50 split of people that are brand new to PT and then those that kind of, you know, went to PT somewhere else? Or is it like large majority, like people that have been to PT before? I think it's a good mix. I mean, yeah. it really just all depends on the age of the client. Mm-hmm. Um, people have had experience elsewhere. We tend not to get a whole lot into, hey, well, that's not the right way to do things. Right. We just try to focus on, you know, our internal messaging uh, and, and what goes on within our four walls. So uh, sometimes it, it does take a little bit longer to pull people in the direction that we want to pull people. Absolutely. And a concept that we frequently will refer, you know, it's the bridge concept. How far apart are we? Uh, I know that this person will probably be best coming to my side of the bridge. And I've got to figure out how far that bridge is and how close to their side of the bridge I need to get before I can start walking them uh, along that path. So um, that's just why the the messaging is so critical um, to, to ensuring the connectivity Otherwise, they will find a way to end up elsewhere, right? If we don't connect with them, if the messaging isn't uh, adequate enough to meet them with regards to where they're at, they will, they will look for another provider. Uh, and unfortunately, sometimes they'll get caught in the system. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, probably, probably 80% of the people that I see currently have gone through, um, again, what we would consider, you know, PT, you know, rehab services, you know, between the military population, which is basically a socialized medicine, medicine system where, you know, it's completely free, but yet they've gone through this cascade of stuff. And then, you know, it wasn't quite meeting their goals. Like, I, I almost like tell them exactly what it's going to look like because of me growing up in the military, me seeing that understand the dynamic it's like okay here here like here are your options you can take the free route and this is what that would look like again not bashing again not saying anything bad but here or your or like you could do this alternative that may cost you but it's getting you back to your goals which is what i like basically i hear you said like bridging that gap to say hey look 
you know, this side of things care about this, but I care about this half of it. And then it looks like you all, you know, return to sport, you know, return to high functioning activities. So you're able to not, you know, not only progress in a PT sense, but be a better overall athlete, which is, which is awesome. I think it's cool. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're, you are, you're educating people so that they feel more empowered to do things differently on their own. Uh, And it may seem like uh, not as good of a business model, but I think people really put uh, a lot of trust in you and will continue to come to you in a situation where you've been so transformational to them mm-hmm. and you've, and it, and, you know, really given them the keys to, to create change on their own. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, giving them the, 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 I've literally seen a patient cause she asked me, um, it was at the seminar. Um, and she asked me about a particular exercise and I was like, well, you know, like, why are you doing that? She said, I don't know. I said, well, try this one out. And, you know, she's like, wait, I got a choice. And I was like, yeah, you do have a choice. You don't have to do that particular sit up exercise. I forgot what it was, abdominal, whatever it was. I was like, there's so many more in the book. Look them up on YouTube, go, you know, whatever. And she literally saw me like a month later, like, Hey, you know, I'm seeing you basically because you, you, you gave me that choice. You gave me that option. All right. Awesome. (laughs) Like, so I was like, cool. So yeah, no, for sure putting it back into the, the patient perspective. So cool. So from a clinical side of things, right, whenever we talk about the, the, the basically from injury all the way up to return to sport or return to high function activities, again, don't give me all of the secrets, but what does that look like? Say if I did come in there with an ankle sprain, say if I did come in there with a, you know shoulder pain or something like that due to a sporting accident or due from a fall at work, what does that process look like? And then what are some steps that you all run, the, run, like run them through some of that objective data that you talk about? And then like, lastly, at the end, what does that rehab quote unquote look like? To, to put it short, I think yeah. a, a lot of it is going to be dependent on determining what you value first. Sure. Um, what, what you value will typically give you an idea of things that you're looking at early in the rehabilitation process. It'll also give you an idea uh, in terms of where you want to take that individual. Uh, What you value should also be somewhat dependent on feedback you get from that person, uh, their previous experiences, what they think their uh, limiting factors may or may not have been. Uh, A mix of that will give you uh, the starting point, which can be some mix of limitations that that individual might have, some inabilities, uh, some significant differences between sides, um, but usually a, a, a collection of items. And I uh, will typically parallel it with a school curriculum. We are trying to figure out areas in which the individual is not meeting certain benchmarks. And if they're not meeting certain benchmarks, we want to do everything we can to acquire some of those benchmarks, knowing that usually they are going to be prerequisites for higher level activity. That could be a wide variety of different things, but I can say throughout the process, using things uh, to look at individuals' uh, competency and then eventually their capacity for certain activities or movements, um, it will include things that sometimes is just themselves, sometimes there might, may or may not be external load. Some things are time. Some things uh, involve certain distances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, making sure that we are holding that individual to some objective standards while also taking to, into account uh, subjective reporting that they have uh, 
you know, on a, to summarize that, really the, the level of confidence that they have to return to uh, whatever activity that they enjoy doing. So um, once again, starting out with what you value and taking into account some, uh, some of what that person's experiences or what they think uh, will give you a really, really good idea in terms of where you need to start. And then going from there and making sure that you're acquiring some of those uh, things that you value along the way uh, as you work towards your end goal. I don't know if that's too general. If you want me to get more specific with anything, I, I, I certainly could do that as well. No, no, no. I mean, no, that, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that's pretty much a gist, like you said, uh, basically meeting the patient where they're want to like basically where they're at. And then ultimately where they want to go. I think that's huge when it comes to rehab, not basically basing off of, Hey, this is what I think that your goals should be, but actually making it true and obtainable goals. And then I would like to do too, which it sounds like you all as well is remind them of those goals constantly, especially when they want to reschedule a visit or, Hey, look, you know, I didn't do my homework. Hey, look, you know, put the onus of control back on them. Say, Hey, look, this is what you agreed upon. You know, when we start seeing each other um, and, and then these are your goals. So let's go ahead and, you to rock and roll with those so uh, definitely always bringing it back to what their goals are and you know try to push them as far as they can towards those goals so that's awesome yeah for sure yeah yeah i mean i think for me i mean if you just if i can speak to a, a simple situation right mm -hmm. we have acl injury right for two different people you could have a uh 40 something weekend warrior yeah. and you could have a division one college football player they are going to have different prerequisites that they brought to the table. They are going to have entirely different experiences, most likely. They are going to have a very, very different set of things that they want to get to at the end. And they probably will acquire some of those benchmarks very, very differently. Um, but in the end, ideally, there is still a systematic way of you viewing how that person should move the prerequisites for those movements and ideally some uh, level of end game with regards to things that you ex expect or anticipate them to do so that you know where you're working towards and at what point you may be done with working with that individual. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Like not just saying, Hey, okay, I think that we're done now. And like you said, you had this college football player and like they have even lined up in a three point stance or whatever their position is like, wait a minute, we're not done yet. We have to continue to get you prepared for that. So I think that's pretty cool. And, and again, it's really based off of who the person is in front of you and then matching your rehab uh, to that person. So I, I, I think that that's, that's, that's definitely commendable. Sure. So, yeah, so let's go ahead and, and uh, let's go ahead and shift gears a little bit. Uh, everyone that I bring on to the show, I have to talk about sports for some reason. I just absolutely love that topic. So who are your sporting teams? And then, you know, what do you think that they're going to do this season? Football, NFL, uh, college, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, sports teams are uh, typically very challenging for me. Mm -hmm. um, a Washington fan, other than hockey, we really don't have a whole lot of uh, uh, success or a track record of success. Uh, obviously, the Caps won last year. They're doing pretty well this year. Sure. But the Redskins, um, typical underachieving Washington team. Mm -hmm. uh, Nationals as well, especially now that uh, Bryce Harper has left. Yeah. Um, so, it's, yeah, I mean, that, that definitely could be a little bit more challenging. The Wizards have had their struggles over the years. So, I think 
for me, I, I tend to gravitate a little bit more towards just focusing on players and focusing on storylines. Uh, admittedly, with brothers that are playing college football, I probably have a little bit more, um, you know, emotional attachment mm-hmm. to where they are currently playing. So uh, I, I, I don't get into, uh, you know, following anything other than, than, than them with a whole lot of regularity, if I'm being honest. Yeah, no, I hey, look, I feel you on that one. I didn't have any siblings in uh in uh in the the uh, that uh, went to you know college and stuff for for that, but I have uh, multiple friends that did it, and I would just watch their games, follow them, you know, tweet them, message them like, "Hey, good job, man!" And then that really became my Saturday until everyone kind of graduated out, and I was able to shift back to my regular teams. And you're right about the Washington teams. As a fellow Cowboys fan, there's nothing I enjoy more than to see the you Washington fans suffer. So. Uh, <laughs> So you know, that's all right, man. Hey, the 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 feeling is is mutual. I know that the Cowboys, at least the Redskins, I could say we don't go into seasons with any kind of expectation. But the (laughs) Cowboys traditionally just underachieve. Yeah, yeah. That's that's neither here nor there. Well, you know, uh, well, you know who put the expectation on us every year. The fans, we all think we're gonna win the Super Bowl. Like you all, like you said, you go in there, like ah, this could be an eight in eight season. That could be a ten and twelve or a ten and six, and or we can make the playoffs and get bounced out. Like or win the Super Bowl. We're always thinking boom or bust. There's never a down year for us. We're never going into it thinking, okay, we're gonna tank this year so we can get a good quarterback or something. We just always try to go for it all. So uh, it definitely keeps it interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it, 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 it's definitely interesting. I think that uh, each of us have some interesting storylines surrounding our owner, mm-hmm. uh, and, that, and that can sometimes take away from what's actually going on with the team and, and with the locker room. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, um, you know, I've, I have one brother playing football at West Point, and I have another brother playing football at Maryland. So that, that'll, that'll be where my time and attention is, uh, at least to, and, until they're all done. Hey man, there's nothing wrong with that. I love college football, so hey, kudos to you. It's cool, yeah. so cool. So um, we 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 talk about a team, right? Uh, I think that you have one of the best teams out there, uh, for sure. Um, as far as when it comes to the rehab side of things, the sports performance, like high functioning type of things. So you know, let's let's let, let's talk about your team a little bit, and we don't have to necessarily go all the way through it. But as someone like myself who's trying to build a really strong team, what are some components that you looked at? And then what, what, are, what are some of the specialties that you all have? And then you know, how do you all kind of bounce ideas off of each other? Just how do you all create just an overall good functioning team when it comes to uh, the, the, the rehab to perform? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, we're a, a big believer um, that we, we want a team where – you have people that share a lot of the intangible uh, qualities uh, that you value. So um, we can have somebody who is an amazing human being and we can teach them whatever we need to teach them with regards to helping other people along the way. But uh, appreciating the fact that uh, good human beings um, are going to develop connectivity with people better than people who say are really, really good clinically and, and struggle with regards to communication skills, situational flexibility, empathy, all of these things that matter when you talk about developing relationships with people. So uh, I, I'd say first and foremost, making sure that, you know, that person has the same core values and, and values the same things that everybody else on the team does is, is just paramount. Um, outside of that, involving 
people who are already on your team in the interview process, whether or not it's a phone interview, whether or not it is an in-person interview, whether or not there's some kind of shadowing, but making sure that everybody on your team, especially when you have multiple locations, has touch points with that potential new team member, I think it's very, very important because at the end of the day, they have to work uh, elbow to elbow with the, uh, the new member of the team. And if they're not comfortable with it or there's some kind of bad vibe, uh, we have to make sure that we listen to that. Uh, outside of that, you know, when you talk about working with your current team and making sure that there's synergy and cohesiveness, um, everything from internal messaging, uh, we use Slack, to weekly in-services, to um, overall just, you know, everything from the intern program to uh, making sure that there's touch points with front desk staff and more administrative staff with the clinical team. Um, I, I think all of those can be very, very important. And I also would, uh, would greatly be at fault if I didn't mention that the hiring of your behind the scenes people is equally, if not more important than hiring of your clinical team. Mm -hmm. It could be an amazing thing uh, to have these great clinical people, but if you do not provide the support and the behind the scenes people to allow them to work very, very easily and to do what they love, um, they probably will find a way to go somewhere else. Um, so it is very, very important that you have people behind the scenes that are uh, rock solid um, and can do everything that you need them to do to support the service that you're trying to offer. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I think the first thing, the first person that I did kind of, you know, bring going was administrative staff, like you mentioned, uh, just someone to just kind of be my eyes and ears whenever I'm not there from a, from a non-clinical standpoint. Um, I forgot who I was to about a year ago. Um, I think it was, you know, it was one of the big PT people that that give courses on other stuff. He talked about, you know, like you said, like hiring that person to to come on and, and be a part of that 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 staff that's not clinical based and you know treating them as well, if not better as the staff that is that that is on there doing the clinical side of things. So uh, I mean that's huge, man. It was huge for me to in in order to do that because ideally those are the people that's calling the patients and 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 then doing all this stuff. So that's huge when it comes to all that. They, they, they really make or break you. Um, and I, I think uh, recognizing just our growth over the past about, what was it, 15 months now, adding a second location, uh, having people who, uh, you know, have a, a great capacity. They have the ability to stretch. I mentioned situational flexibility earlier. That's extremely important. Uh, having people who also uh, recognizing the responsibility that they have right. aren't hesitant to offer up suggestions and to help problem solve. Uh, we have really, really overhauled things behind the scenes, and it would not be without having some tremendous people who many of your listeners may never hear their name, but if, uh, you know, if we keep moving forward as a company, it'll be largely because of uh, the efforts that they've had to allow our clinical team to work in a more efficient and effective manner. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, again, like hire, hiring on that front staff is huge. Uh, taking people that you can trust in, like you, you mentioned something like not, 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 not taking the best person that has like all these different qualifications, but like you said, you know, a really great human being 
and then say, like, hey, look, after that, I can teach you whatever we need to teach you. But not looking at that like, hey, you got to have 30 years of experience. You had to you know, work with Aetna, TRICARE, and uh, you know, Blue Cross Blue Shield. But just taking a really good person and then molding them into the person that you want them to be um, as far as when it comes to just getting the job done. So that's huge, man. I mean, and I've heard that. Absolutely. Across the board when it comes to all this different like hiring on and then bringing on people. Next stop, the clinician status for me. But uh, I'll hold on on that for a little bit. Uh, kudos to you for having all these different uh, personalities around you. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. We got, we got a good group of people, man. I, I walk into work every day and I feel pretty blessed. So yeah, for sure. I'm, yeah, I'm so, fortunate. Yeah, so, so what's the future? Um, obviously you all are, are opening that third location. Like you said, what's the future when it comes to rehab to perform? Are you all going to continue to go this route of, you know, highly functional individuals and, and really getting them going? Are you all looking at doing multiple different things? What's the future? What's on your mind? And as far as, you know, not only that, but what's the future when it comes to just the overall, like, healthcare, right? I know I'm asking you a huge question. What's the future when it comes to just healthcare in general? I see so much stuff between, like, heart rate variability and, like, obviously strength training combined with rehab stuff and all these different ways. So what do you see right now on the, and at the grassroots level that you're like, this is coming up. People need to watch this. So... Yeah, I mean, I think for us, um, and not not to correct you here, I'm a little excited, but we, we will have two more locations this year. We'll have one uh, kind of right around Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. And then we'll have one at the end of, end of the year this year. So I am very, very excited about that. Are you hiring? Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I mean, yeah. you know, we'll, we'll always, we will always entertain looking at other, um, you know, resumes. Um, very, very fortunate. Mm -hmm. uh, as I mentioned, once again, you know, we, we, we've got some really, really, uh, impressive resumes already yeah. in hand. So oftentimes when we, when we need it, we're able to reach out to, to people who we've kind of developed a relationship with and say, Hey, we'd love to, we'd love to have you interview. But, um, outside of, you know, our physical therapy service, I think finding, uh, you know, ways to continue adding value beyond discharge. I think that's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. Um, whether or not that is something you know, such as an app or things like telehealth or um, having people have certain utilizations of your facility, depending on what it looks like. Uh, I think that there are other things that we are going to find ourselves getting into um, outside of physical therapy, but still within the healthcare scope. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's something I, I just think our, our reach can be greater than just PT as a company. Uh, it's not to take anything away from PT, but I want to make sure that we're providing a potentially more comprehensive services for for people. Uh, I just think that there's, you know, there's a lot of potential out there. Um, mentioned we, you know, do have a, a, a great group. We have a great team here. Um, and and uh, outside of uh, outside of what we're doing right now, we're definitely just looking to increase our impact. Uh, one thing I can say is this will be our third straight, I should say, season of doing a seminar. We did a seminar last, uh, you know, the last half of the year in uh, 2018. We did one in the early half of the year in 2018. We have one coming up here in May. So I think expanding uh, our seminar, the reach of our seminar, uh, ideally getting some of these return to play or return to sport principles out into the masses a little bit more mm -hmm. is is something that we want to make sure that we're doing this spring is going to be more upper extremity 
uh, focused, which can be a little bit challenging due to lack of research, but we're at least willing to start the conversation, uh, pull some parallels from some of the lower extremity benchmarks that we already have currently in place. Uh, and in, in addition to that, we're going to have uh, a part on uh, tactical athletes. You work with a lot of firefighters and police officers and re recognize that that's a, a, a big part of the population. It's very, very important to be able to return them back to the activity that they're doing. Uh, and we're also fortunate that there is a lot of research for that as well. So that, that'll be for our spring seminar. And then we'll kind of see where, where things go from there. We have some ideas, but obviously, you know, you never want to share too much, right? Yeah, no, yeah, you know, definitely keep it a secret, man. Like I said, just give me just a little bit on the podcast so listeners can stay engaged. And then obviously, you know, you keep the rest to yourself. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. I mean, you, you don't want to get ahead of yourself either. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, no. Taking one season at a time. I got some ideas coming up, and it's like by the end of the year, I'm like, oh man, there's like three things going on. But it's like I gotta hold it back. I gotta hold it back. So no, I I I totally understand, and uh, yeah, definitely definitely getting a lot of inquiries about you know what's hey what's next what's next. It's like uh, hold on real quick. We'll definitely figure that out when we get there and have some things just brewing in the back of your mind. So I mean that's always good, man. And then again, like your team is is awesome. I I I. I have no doubt that you are going to deliver some high quality content. So that's pretty cool. Maybe try to make my way up there eventually. Yeah, it's good, man. I mean, we'd yeah. love to have you out to the seminar. Um, yeah. I, I think it's sometimes uh, it, it goes with what you are asking about earlier. I mean, we or earlier we talked about you know principles, uh, systematic ways of progressing people, benchmarks, um, all of these things that need to become a little bit more regular in the PT world and. And that's something we're diving into and, and feeling pretty comfortable having that conversation at this point. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So cool. All right. So um, we'll go ahead and wrap it up. I know that we said we're going to chat for about an hour or whatever the case may be. But, man, I think we hit all the all the points. And I'm not going to take up any more of your time than what I have to. So I definitely appreciate that. So tell people where to find you at. Um, obviously, it's pretty it's, it's a pretty, pretty obvious by now. But, uh, yeah, tell, uh, tell people where, where, where to find you. And then, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for us, company website, Rehab to Perform, uh, on all social media platforms, under Rehab to Perform as well, and that's Rehab, the number two, Perform. Uh, outside of that, either on Facebook, pretty active there. That's a, you know where a decent amount of our client population is, uh, and getting more and more active on Instagram under DR Josh Funk. Uh, if you're a LinkedIn person, feel free to connect with me as there as well. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, sorry about that. Like, if, if any of that got cut out, people decided to call me in the middle of my podcast. So I'm like, oh, come on, y'all. Uh, but, yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely put all that in the show notes. So if you all want to definitely reach out to him, find a little bit more about Rehab to Rx, uh, Rehab, rehab to Perform. Uh, man, I'm just totally jacking up this outro. Uh, rehab to, uh, to Perform. Um, definitely, um, I'll have all that in uh, the show notes for you all. And definitely reach out to Josh anytime, man. He's a pretty cool person to to uh, to, to chat with. And then obviously he has the best last name in PT right now. So so somebody else taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. <laughs> cool, man. So hey, uh, yeah, thank thank you again for coming on to the episode, man. I I appreciate it, man. You definitely rock it out. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for uh, you know taking the time to reach out to me and include me. Oh, for sure. All right, all right, man. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the High Impact Health Podcast with your host, Dr. Dyron Jones. 
it would mean the world to me if you were to hand over to iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from and just leave me a review or a like or a follow or a subscribe, any of those things that help push the podcast forward. Share it out to a friend or two, right? All this will help me to not only be able to deliver the best content, but help get this knowledge out there more and more. And it allows me to do more of these podcasts, right? The more people we have listening, the more we can kind of spread it out there, too. So, again, uh, please like, follow, share um, the podcast, and I appreciate that in advance. Thank you.